what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. Welcome to the Entrepreneur Exchange on the Mesh Podcast Network, a monthly conversation about startups and small business with ideas, tools, and advice to operate your business more effectively. On today's show, there are choices out there for college students. Should you go back to school or might there be entrepreneurship opportunities to pursue? We'll talk about those options and how some students are getting through the pandemic. We're pleased to have a friend of the podcast and LinkedIn and social media expert Teddy Burris was as our guest today to talk about how to keep your networking game up while you're trying to be socially distant. And finally, we'll share our small business of the month feature where we'll highlight some interesting businesses that you should be checking out. My name is Jeff Newbell. I'm your co-host and director of the Small Business Center at Catawba Valley Community College in Hickory, North Carolina. I'm joined by my co-host, Gary Muller, who is Dean of the School of Workforce Productivity and the Arts at Catawba Valley Community College. Gary, how are you doing today? Jeff, I am excited to be here today. I'm excited that we're two weeks into the fall semester in the middle of this pandemic, but we're doing really well. We have a lot of seated classes and everybody's following our safety protocols. And so I'm very upbeat today and hopeful for the future. Well, that's great. That sounds great. It's it's a Friday uh, in the, I, I, the last Friday of August, uh, heading into September, and maybe it'll cool off a little bit. And uh, you know, and, and glad that uh, that uh, classes are in in session and everything's going so well. So that's that's great. Yeah, we're and, very excited. Uh, and and, and I know what's going to happen these days, but so far so good. With fingers crossed. Well, now I, I, you know, we we don't always rehearse as much as we should, and I, I, I and that probably doesn't come across to our listeners. But um, I sent you an article earlier this week from Bloomberg News, sure which, did. which was uh, written by Ellen Hewitt, which described an interesting approach that some Silicon Valley companies and startups are taking during the pandemic. And as some students rethink their school situation because they can't be on campus, they're being offered remote internships with startups. And the startups see this as a way to get access to young talent, which might go to bigger companies during during normal times. So more students are considering a gap semester or a gap year in the hopes that they'll be able to get back on campus and resume their education in a more normal way. Um, these companies are reaching out to students. Gary, you are the dean of the School of Workforce Productivity and the Arts, and I hate to put you in a Sophie's Choice type situation. Actually, I don't hate it at all. I kind of I kind of enjoy doing it. Thank but, you. Uh, you know, from from your academic post there, what do you what do you think about uh, students uh, considering this as an option? I think it's. And I read your article, and uh, you know, I understand exactly. Uh, why companies would do it is they can get access to young talent uh, maybe a year or so before they might graduate. And uh, I think for students, I think it's a great opportunity in this very difficult time. I, again, Art, you know, I'm as enthusiastic and I am and I'm hopeful uh, for this semester in the future. But, you know, many of the four-year schools have a different look than we do. I mean, we're a community college and so we don't have a lot of, or any 
students that are in residence that we need to deal with that part of the equation. We have our folks are coming to campus or they're taking online or hybrid type classes uh, in a selected basis. And so we have a much better situation than the four-year schools because we're not having to deal with the students that are on campus and trying to make sure they're safe. We can monitor folks coming to our campus with temperature control and masks and social distancing uh, much better than I think the four-year universities are. So this is an option for companies and students. It makes a lot of sense to me. That's probably what you wanted to hear from me, but I'm... Well, in addition to to being a dean, you're also the father uh, of a student, uh, a son who is attending a four-year university, as am I, you know, and, uh, yeah, and, and I guess if, if my son had a, a good opportunity with, uh, with a company at this point in time, I, I think I could, I could support him taking a semester off or, or, or even a gap year if it was a, a good opportunity. I don't, I don't know, if, you know, if I'd, I'd want him, uh, you know, working in a fast food type situation or, or, or something and not going to school. But, uh, you know, if, if it was a, an opportunity that could uh, be meaningful to his career, I think that that's certainly an option I would encourage him to consider. And I, I suspect you'd feel that way as well. I, I agree. And I, like I said, my son's at Tennessee uh, taking online classes or as I call live WebExes. Mm. But he's in Knoxville, Tennessee, and his home is in North Carolina. And he says he's been to campus very few times in his first two weeks. So I think that's the challenge that four-year universities get into, and then also the parents of four-year school students like you and me. Sure, sure. Well, anyway, just sort of, just sort of interesting food for thought there, and, and uh, we're all sort of grappling with our situation in different ways. And, and, and sometimes that creates opportunities for students, for students and for businesses. And, and, uh, you know, we have a perspective from the community college, but, uh, uh, you know, the four-year schools are also uh, dealing with this as well. So it's, uh, it's all, there's not a right. Every day, every situation is different. Yeah, there's not a right answer. So you have to look at the individual situations and see which works best at a certain time. And again, our situation could change this afternoon. You just never know if there was an outbreak or something that we didn't know about. No matter how hard we try, something could happen. Well, let's let's uh, bring our guest uh, into the into the picture. Teddy Burris, are you out there? I'm sitting right here, Jeff. I, I, uh, I'm fully dressed and I'm ready to engage in conversation with you. Is that what you're expecting? I, I, yeah, I, I wasn't. I, I had my fingers crossed that you were fully dressed, and, and yes, we're we're looking forward to having a conversation. But I, I we we appreciate you being here, and uh, you've been on the Entrepreneur Exchange before. I don't think we've had you during the pandemic, however. Uh, Teddy designs, develops, and delivers LinkedIn training, provides coaching and workshops and coaching and keynote speeches focused on the best practices for using LinkedIn for sales teams and individuals, and uh, also works in other social media platforms, providing coaching and uh, workshops. Uh, In my work with him, I know he's also very experienced with email marketing, 
Google Suites. Teddy, you put out at least two books, and I'm aware of uh, success using social media, networking for mutual benefit. And I understand you also make a mean margarita. Is all this true? Um, I don't publicly talk about the mean margarita, uh, but the rest of that is fairly true. Yes, sir. Yeah. <laughs> well, well way, I report in, I'm mostly dressed too. There you go. That's great. Well, you know, if any of our listeners are still with us, uh, uh, Teddy, we, we welcome you back to the Entrepreneur Exchange. Uh, and I know a lot of the work that you do and I've always done has been with LinkedIn and, and creating networks and, and working with people. And, uh, you know, the, a lot of that's just been thrown up in the air with, uh, with a, a pandemic where, People are not getting together in a face-to-face way, or at least certainly not the way they were doing it before. And uh, yet we're still trying to build relationships. We're still trying to um, uh, have successful businesses. Uh, you know, how do people look at networking these days uh, during a time of a pandemic when it's so difficult to get together? He, it, it's it's tough, Jeff. I I'm I know um, lots of philosophies out there about you know got to be out gripping and grinning and hugging people and you know and I live that life. I love it to go out and meet people and get into conversations about you know business, community, life, and all that stuff, and figure out how those conversations can move us to a different level of relationship and awareness and. And then can we move those conversations into business? I, I'm a huge fan of give me a, a bar stool and a pizza and uh, get into great conversations with people. But, so we can't do that. And lots of people are saying, oh, my God, I don't know what to do. And what I see people doing in some cases is relying back on their secondary method of cold calling and emailing like wild people. And, and that may not be creating as much value as they hoped as well. What I'm doing more of and getting value from uh, Jeff and Gary is that I try to show up at networking events virtually. I, I um, This past Monday, I had eight Zoom conversations and I loved every moment of it. Um, and this week, I've been a part of five networking events, which, by the way, this virtual networking is way, way more successful for me because I don't need an hour between events. I can do 15 or 20 minutes. So, so what, we, what we're learning and discovering is that we have to use technology to help us network. And that's Zoom and WebEx, and GoToMeeting and Google Hangouts and Microsoft Teams, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And again, if you show up at these virtual networking activities, pay attention to who's there. Hopefully you're showing up at virtual networking events where the, the audience is relevant to you. But for me, it's really, really cool to see people show up at these events, meet new people, uh, get into conversations virtually as a group, and then do what we should always be doing. Reach out to a few of them and try to get into one-on-one individual conversations with the people you meet. So it can happen. We just need to be willing to take all that networking that was by the bar stool and do it through the screen. And done right, it works well. 
So, so when when you're participating in in virtual networking, and 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 uh, you know, in all honesty, you know, to me, you know, we we run a lot of webinars and things through uh, the WebEx platforms, very similar to Zoom and uh, you know, Google Hangouts and, and and whatnot. But it always feels like people are trying to talk over one another. And, you know, obviously if, if when you're at the bar stool or, or uh, in a face-to-face situation, it's, it's easy for small groups to break out or, or you to make those individual connections. And, and I'm not the technology guru, but, but how are people making that work uh, virtually these days? I know that, I know that there are, uh, Ways in, in some of these platforms where the, where people can sort of uh, create some private rooms is that is that what you're seeing out there? Well, yeah, and it, it comes back to a couple things, Jeff. It's it's a use all the features of the technology that makes sense to use, but it's also set up an environment where people understand when Jeff's talking, Teddy, be quiet and listen, and wait until Jeff is done before you raise your hand or jump in. It, you know, sort of along the lines that we got to keep teaching respect and politeness. But there's another thing as well, and that is the technology, all, most of them have this ability to do what's called breakout rooms, where you could take 50 people, create 10 little rooms and stick five people in each one of these rooms, which is far easier for people to pay attention to the person talking, look for the opportunity to, to, for your turn to talk. It, it, it is, it, you're right. It does take a little bit more effort, but if you want to get value out of virtual networking, you have to be willing to put in a little bit more effort. And I think we will uh, get a little better at it in time. And uh, I've already seen it getting better for some. So uh, it's not hard. It Again, I'm just going to lean back on that statement. We just got to be willing to put a little more effort into paying attention. Fair enough. So, uh, as far as other ways that uh, you're seeing people build their network during these times, or other recommendations that you make to people that you you talk to, you know what uh, what what suggestions do you have for uh, continuing to build your network and and building relationships uh, uh, in, in in ways that they might not have had to do it uh, before. Yeah, yeah. So here's here's one example that I've gotten pretty efficient at. So right now, if I wanted to, I could be looking for Gary Muller on LinkedIn or Facebook or Twitter and find him there and connect with him. I could do that with you, Jeff, and I'm already connect with you with you all over LinkedIn and Facebook and Twitter. And so my point is that when you're in these virtual meetings, write down the people's names, discover a little bit about Gary. Is he relevant to you? Maybe I'll send the guy an invite to connect and find a chance to talk with him. When I'm on these virtual meetings in Zoom or WebEx, you know, I have the attendee list. More often than not, I have the attendee list. I could just screen capture that list or just write their names down as they're talking and go, you know, that that Seth Godin dude seems interesting. I should look for him on LinkedIn and send him an invite. So it's not unlike you're being in a virtual, in a, in real life networking, you're walking around and people are handing out business cards left and right. We're not doing that, but we are meeting new people. 
So we should pay attention to who these new people are. And if they're relevant to us in some way or another, we should connect with them outside of that event, maybe through LinkedIn, maybe Twitter, wherever. But here's the most important thing, just as in real life networking, don't just connect. Once you have connected, look for an opportunity for Gary and me to sit down and talk a little bit. It's important that if you're going to grow your network in a meaningful way, you've got to engage with these individuals in meaningful ways. Well, well, one of the, one of the books that you've written is called Networking for Mutual Benefit. And, and I think that's an important idea uh, and, and concept and that uh, networking really has to be a two-way street. And that it's not just about what I need. It's uh, uh, finding ways to support people in my network. And, you know, with the thought process is that if I'm, if I'm a good partner, it's going to benefit me in the long term. You know, is, that, is that sort of where you're heading in terms of uh, uh, the relationship building? Absolutely. I'll give you a quick little story. Um, there's a sales training organization that I want to do work with. And they know me. They just we, I don't know them well enough. And they don't know me well enough to get into that business conversation. Their uh, VP of Sales and Marketing got promoted, and I know this guy. He knows me, and we've talked. We've never talked business, but he got promoted from B, VP of Sales and Marketing to President of the company. And I noticed this. It was on uh, the uh, what's it called, the Triad Business Journal. So I took the article from the Triad Business Journal, and I shared it on LinkedIn. I tagged the VP of Sales and Marketing, who is now the president. I tagged the company. I also tagged, which means I mentioned them in the text, I tagged the two founding brothers of the company. And my post was words to the effect of, oh, my God, I'm so excited for this guy, this this business friend of mine who came to work for this organization and created enough success that they've now promoted him to president, to president of the company. I said, kudos to the business, kudos to the two brothers who were led to promote him, and I wished them all the best. Now, all that was was me congratulating a buddy of mine in a very deliberate public way. That post on LinkedIn got well over 6,000 views. And for a simple guy like me, that's called viral. It got uh, 45 comments and hundreds of hearts and likes and all that kind of stuff. I called the president of that company up and I apologized to him for making him work so hard because... He engaged on every post when people said congratulations to him. Now, there was no value directly for me to do that. That was me acknowledging a business, business owners, and the, the guy who got promoted. That is, a, 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 I believe, a very rich way to give back to others with no direct value to me, but there was very deliberate indirect value because now I have a conversation scheduled with the president of that company to talk about their business and my business. It's just a form of giving. That's just one example. And, and, and you've done a nice job of sort of uh, providing some, some very nice publicity for them. This podcast is sponsored by Jackson Creative, 
a custom communication agency located in downtown Hickory, North Carolina, specializing in online content creation. To learn more, visit thejacksoncreative.com. Jackson Creative, we tell your story. Yes, uh, five thousand views of their of the and the Business Journal got value out of it too because you know they got people to click on their article. So um, it'll come back to me later. So, so you you mentioned posting on LinkedIn, and and I know that uh, from from our conversations and and the work that we've done that you're when it comes to LinkedIn, you're kind of a big deal. Um, so so. Ha- in, in these times, are there things I should be doing to better leverage LinkedIn or adjust things in LinkedIn uh, or leaning more into LinkedIn? You know, how how has that changed a bit as we've uh, been in, in lockdown mode here? So my LinkedIn profile typically gets in the uh, close to the 3000 profile views every 90 days. Uh, which for me is f- fabulous. And, and by the way, I tell people, don't compare yourself to me. I'm a freak. You don't need to be like me. Uh, and by the way, the definition of freak, Gary, is unusual, unexpected, and unique. Those other words don't count. <laughs> well, I was so, going to say that's a wow factor when you told me you had 3,000 hits. And- <laughs> so so for me, that's that's really important. Well, when when the pandemic started, that number went up significantly. And it's hovering in the 38, 3900 range some, some days. Um, and so what's that mean? What that means to me is that, you know, during this pandemic, more people have what I call screen time and more people have the opportunity to see my profile. So what's that mean to us as, a, as, a, as LinkedIn members? What that should mean to us is if we're getting more people looking at our profile. We better hope our profile very clearly says who we are and what we do focused on our target audience. Otherwise, they're looking at some antiquated, you know, resume kind of a thing and it's not helping us. So that's probably the number one thing that we need to do is to make sure that our profile very clearly speaks to our target audience, the context of what we do. There's another thing as well, Jeff, and that is, if more people are spending time on LinkedIn, um, by the way, in the first quarter of 2016, this is the only number I have documented. The first quarter of 2016, 90 days, there were, oh, oh I'm going to say the number wrong. I think it was 4 billion, 4 billion LinkedIn profile views. Now, that was 2016 when there were less than 400 million people on LinkedIn. It's, 2000, it's 2020 now. There's 700 million people on there. They're on there more often than they were before. We need to look at what else could we be doing on LinkedIn to create value. And here's the second thing. If there are more people using LinkedIn more often, we should show up in the conversations. And I don't mean post content that says, hey, I'm the coolest widget out there. What I really mean is sharing and engaging on conversations, most importantly, engaging on conversations relevant to our target audience. That having a well-built profile 
and getting into meaningful conversations. By the way, isn't that what social, what what in real life networking is all about? Showing up looking good and getting into meaningful conversations. So we need to replicate that on LinkedIn as much as we can. And yeah, I guess LinkedIn's reputation is one of more professional networking than than uh, Facebook or, or Twitter or some of the other social media. But I, I don't think we should be ignoring those at this point in time either. How do the how does some of the other social media platforms fit in and and should you as a, a business person uh, or a business uh, be utilizing them as well? Yeah, it's important to know that there's different channels, social media platforms for different conversations. And if you have the ability to get into different types of conversations that can build your brand, note that phrase, build your brand, uh, then we should look at them. And I'm a, I, I, unlike lots of people, truly enjoy Facebook, but I am very deliberate about my style on Facebook. I have fun. Uh, I have a business page. I also have uh, business groups on Facebook. But for me, uh, Jeff, what I've discovered is that Facebook is just, you know, it's like the backyard barbecue. So I welcome people to join me in my backyard barbecue that I do business with. So most of the people that I have as Facebook friends are business associates who I enjoy. Uh, I think I even accepted you as a friend on Facebook, Jeff. I'm not sure. You'll take anybody. <laughs> but but my point is, if you use these tools properly, they are not a detriment. If you're not using them purposefully, then they can become a drag. They can become burdensome, et cetera, et cetera. I've scraped all the burdensome drag content out of my Facebook by, by unfollowing the people that burden me. That's a huge as, uh, aspect to get value out of that platform. Furthermore, not Facebook not being the only or the most important, uh, I'm a huge YouTuber. I follow some really cool people on YouTube. I follow and participate in Quora. And what's not just about using those channels for pushing out my content or consuming content, but when I find someone who's really intelligent, smart, engaging, insightful, maybe fun, I'll engage directly with them. And that's, again, another powerful way to use different social media channels to meet new people and get into new conversations. Yeah, and and I guess I'm always wary when I when I talk to people from their their building the brand perspective of of not wanting to, them to go so broad that they uh, are, are not really particularly active in any of the elements. I mean, they're out there, but they're really not engaging with people. I think I think choosing the right channel. Uh, if, if you've got a limited amount of, of time to participate is important as well. And, and uh, you know, I, I think uh, your point about uh, using, making sure your LinkedIn profile uh, is reaching the right target audience 
goes across all of the channels and platforms as well, and that you you need to be cognizant of who your target target audience is and and what's the best way to reach them. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, social media can become addictive if you don't do it right. And so you need to figure out what's your purpose and goal of using LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, Tinder, TikTok, whatever. You know, and by the way, I'm not on Tinder. Publicly stated, I'm not on Tinder. Uh, but you need to know your purpose and goal. And if you're not clear about that, you could very well be wasting time. And I only get 24 hours in a day. I don't have I don't have the luxury of wasting that. Well, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on, the, on that. And as, as we sort of uh, wind up, are there any other lessons uh, that you've learned during the pandemic about uh, networking or other business lessons that uh, you want to share with our listeners? So, yeah, yeah. The, um, this the, What have I learned during this pandemic is that uh, I can't change my goal. I can adjust. And I can pivot. Example, uh, my business model used to be face-to-face training. That was my primary business model. Well, fortunately, I was already heading towards a more virtual way of doing it. And so what I've learned, the, the pandemic has elevated the importance of me adjusting my processes, adjusting my deliverables, uh, adjusting my way of getting into conversations with people, and finding the new best way to do this. I'll give you an example. So many of us have the ability for iPhone users, we have the ability to do FaceTime uh, or, or we can use you know, uh, Skype and other tools to do in real life virtual conversations face-to-face. I started experimenting with calling my clients with FaceTime. I discovered that there is a group of my clients and a group of my prospects who were good with that. And previously, I would never have thought to do that. Now I'm realizing it's okay to do. It's not that everyone wants to. But my point is, look at what you could be doing different and experiment with it and see if it works for you in whatever this thing called the new normal becomes. Well, and and I think a, another tool, and I don't think this is a new tool, but I think it was one that that I've seen you you use pretty effectively is is uh, the calendar app or or uh, website Calendly. Calend Calendly, yes. Calendly, yes. Where where I know we've worked together and and uh, partnered on, on working with some of our small business center clients. And I think it's made it very easy to schedule time with you for, for counseling sessions. And, and that's been another time saving, uh, way that, uh, that, that, uh, has helped out there as well. Yeah. And the neat thing about Calendly is that I can share my calendar public to whatever degree I want to share it public. And, People can pick a time to meet with me, whatever 30 minute, one hour segments of time that I you know, give them access to. And then it also integrates with Zoom. So when someone jumps on my calendar or Calendly, they automatically get an email message back. Here's the day and time and here's the Zoom URL you'll need. So that level of automation has really been important for me as far as efficiency and, and um, you know, making it easy for people 
to get to get together with me. So yeah, just another tool that works. Super. Well, Teddy, uh, if people want to find you and connect to you, where should they be looking? Oh, let's see. This week, I wonder where I'm going to hide. Um, the easiest way to find me is through LinkedIn. It's Teddy Burris. Burris is B-U-R-R-I-S-S. You can also just Google T.L. Burris. Again, B-U-R-R-I-S-S. If you can't find me on the internet by Googling T.L. Burris, I might as well just go back to bed. Okay. Well, I, and I, particularly if you go to LinkedIn, you're not going to have a hard time finding, finding Teddy. So, uh, uh, and, and he's been a, a great resource for a lot of folks, not only in North Carolina, but uh, throughout the country. So, so Teddy, thank you so much for joining us. But hey, are you up for our lightning round? I am, as long as I have the opportunity to say I want to pass to a particular question. Now well, we're not going to give you that opportunity, okay. but you can, you can play anyway, because uh, our lightning round today is sponsored. We have a new sponsor. It's sponsored by Otis Day in the Nights. You know, if you need a band for your event, Otis Day in the Nights, they're great for weddings, bar mitzvahs, fraternity parties. I understand they do Zoom performances for the right price. They prefer cash payments. Otis Day in the Nights, you should check them out on the internet. What so, Teddy, of- we've, Teddy, we've got some, some quick questions for you. Okay. All right. Here we go. Favorite vacation spot for when the pandemic subsides? Oh, Smith Mountain Lake up near uh, on, a, on a, 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 a houseboat. Smith Mountain Lake on a 52-foot houseboat. And, and where is – which mountain lake? Smith Mountain Lake. Where is Smith Mountain? Roanoke, Virginia. Okay. We're going to buy a property there. Okay. Uh, Adult beverage of choice. Um, uh, Wicked weed pernicious. Good choice. Uh, Steve Jobs, Bill Gates, or Jeff Bezos? For what? A golf partner or... It's however you want to answer. Uh, Steve Jobs, Bill Gates. You know, I want to talk to Bill. Bill and I haven't talked in a while, so I want to have a beer with Bill. Beer with Bill. Okay. What is your favorite quarantine comfort food? Uh, peanuts. Peanuts? Yeah. Just like regular salted peanuts, or do you prefer regular jumbo salted peanuts on the patio with a wicked weed pernicious beer? That sounds very nice. Uh, He's done that. He might be doing that now. Uh, Do you have a shelter in place TV or movie streaming recommendation? So I'm uh, I got rid of uh, uh, what's it called cable and satellite and all that stuff years ago. So I'm a I'm a Netflix junkie, and uh, right now I'm watching the series called uh, Absentia. So okay. uh, it's three series. I'm almost done, Jeff. I don't know who's going to die or who's going to win, but Absentia. Absentia. Okay. I don't know T. I think it's A B S E N T I A. Absentia. Okay. Is it like a drama or, or futuristic thing or what? It's a drama, shoot 'em up, sciences, you know. Uh, so it's, it's, a, it's a cool little drama show. Okay. Uh, 
last question. If you could have one superpower, what would it be? One superpower. What yeah. would it be? Well, I've already got mind reading. Uh, how about enhanced mind reading? Enhanced mind reading. Yeah. Okay. Stop thinking that, Jeff. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. All right. Well, you, you've successfully uh, gone through our lightning round with, with limited embarrassment. Uh, so shame on me. So anyway, Teddy, we really appreciate you joining us. It's always a pleasure talking with you. Uh, and and uh, I do look forward to a time when uh, you and I can uh, sit next to each other on uh, bar stools and share a, a burger and a beer. So uh, I may those times come again uh, very soon. So absolutely. Buddy. Thanks for having me, Gary. Good to see you guys. Thank you. you. Hear from you. Always fun to have you with us. Uh, we, we always like to end up our, our, uh, uh, sessions with our small business of the month feature. Uh, Teddy, anything uh, come across your uh, radar that you want to share? You know, Jeff, I, um, uh, I'll tell you, um, those who know me and know you know that I do work with uh, some of the uh, Catawba Valley Community College Small Business Center uh, clients. And um, um, oh, I'm going to say the name wrong. The lady is Holly Moose. Do you remember uh, the name of her business? Not offhand. It's Rob and Holly Moose Home Inspections is what I think it is. Mm -hmm. And here's why I want to celebrate them today is because I'm, I'm doing some work with them initially to get them to think about, you know, some higher level marketing and prospecting and networking activities. And when I was working with this husband and wife team, uh, again, Rob and Holly Moose Home Inspections, I believe is the name. Um, she, they both were just eager to consume what I shared with them. And more importantly, they went out and they started doing some very deliberate phone calls and getting into just getting into conversations with people. And they were able to uncover some new business. And I, I'm I want to celebrate them because I was excited to see they were willing to take on a new idea experiment with it and they discovered the rewards sounds good well thank you much on that one gary what's uh, what's your small business of the month thanks jeff uh this month i'm returning to my usual theme on food sweet food at that but i'm also going to go a little bit off the reservation again like i did last month talking about a highly successful business concept it started some years ago and it's grown over the years because their commitment to stay close to their core values of high quality and excellent customer service, which I think works in every business. And this business is Small Cakes Cupcakery and Creamery. Have either of you guys heard of it? No. I, I think that I got a chance to uh, to test uh, some some of their small cupcakes. Oh, and, uh, me. It was, thumbs and, up uh, for that. Up 127. I've got to go find that. Uh, but they use creative flavors, quality ingredients, friendly service, to provide the finest cupcake experience. Uh, and re it really was an unbelievable cupcake experience. My kids turned my wife, Tammy, and I on it uh, to these cupcakes. And it's also added ice cream over the last several years. We were in Mooresville. Uh, the only downside is that I gain weight just thinking about the cupcakes. They're a little bit expensive, but they are well worth it. 
last week we bought six cupcakes when we were going uh, to Mooresville to shop. I was going to do that. And actually, Tammy, my wife, said, let's buy some for a few of our really good friends. Uh, one of their special people was uh, Jeff, of course. Unfortunately, I decided to check each one of the cupcakes out and taste them. So Tammy told me I couldn't give you a half-eaten cupcake. Yeah, I was going to say, I've not seen that cupcake yet, uh, Gary. No, but it was really good, and you really would have liked it. So now Tammy said, okay, she'll buy them. She just wants to know what kind of flavors you like. Teddy, we can send them to you too, maybe. I was going to ask, Gary, do they ship? I think they do. Okay, I'll, I'll look forward Actually, to hearing, seeing that. Uh, check it out. It's Small Cakes Cupcakery. Uh, they started with, uh, it really is good quality and uh, just tastes fantastic. So obviously it's, I'm a, a big fan. And now they're selling, uh, along with their cupcakes, ice cream that is cupcake infused. I'm not sure what that is. We haven't tried the ice cream yet, but that just sounds pretty cool. So we're going to try that next time. Neat. That's my business of the month. Well, you know, you know Gary, just to, and, and for our listeners out there who have listen to your small businesses of the month over time, they must be thinking that you're a very obese person. And, <laughs> and the thing is, you're not. I mean, uh, you know, and, and uh, knowing you working with you, it's it's not like you have that great a diet, but, you know, you, you must have the good genes because you're a pretty uh, trim, athletic uh, looking, looking fellow. So well, I appreciate you know, that. I, I think my uh, secret is stress. Uh, I stress it off. All right. Well, well, well. Keep it's up the good work. Good. You're right. I need to work on my diet because I do love sweet food and or pizza, as Teddy talked about a little bit ago. All right. Well, um, the the small business of the month that I'd like to give a shout out to is a company called Reborn Clothing. It was started three years ago by uh, a young lady who was then a sophomore at North Carolina State University in Raleigh. Her name was, her name is Emily Neville, N-E-V-I-L-L-E, not, not related to me, close uh, in the name, but not, no relation. She saw a gap in the clothing industry uh, with so much textile waste. And uh, just FYI, she, they'll, they'll tell you that discarded clothing and other textiles have major negative environmental impacts and the EPA estimates that there are there were 3.2 million tons of textile waste combusted in 2017, and 11.2 million tons ended up in landfills. Only 2.6 million tons were recycled. So, um, uh, Ms. Neville saw a uh, uh, an issue, and her solution was to repurpose surplus or outdated jerseys, banners, and other fabric into sweatshirts, duffel bags, teddy bears, dog beds, and other products. Uh, so she started this company called Reborn Clothing three years ago, and it's grown into a 15-employee enterprise with four full-time people. Uh, their expected annual revenue this year is around half a million dollars. They have licensing agreements with more than 50 universities, and they partner with some major companies, including uh, uh, a Burlington, North Carolina-based outdoor fabric manufacturer called Sun Sunbrella. Uh, and they've got, as I said, they're working with 50 universities now. Just a year ago, they were only working with three. And uh, Emily started as a restaurant hostess. She was a swim instructor. Uh, and uh, she has raised capital uh, without even really relying on close friends or family, sort of self-financed. But she 
did find her first investor and a longtime mentor uh, whose name was Steve Mangano. He was founder of a company called Curie, a Raleigh-based app that promotes the restaurant industry. And uh, she, uh, he helped her raise $60,000 in the fall of 2018. And uh, now, nearly two years later, she's raised um, almost a half a million dollars and she's seeking more money from angel investors. But uh, sort of a good story and sort of shows that uh, you can, you know, one of those college, those crazy college kids we started talking about who mm -hmm. started her own business. And uh, as Joe Bob would say, you should check it out. Her website is rebornclothing.co, C-O. You don't even need the M. She's very efficient. So it's rebornclothing.co. So uh, hope that you can check that one out. You've got a suggestion for our Entrepreneur Exchange Small Business of the Month. You can email them to us at eexchange at themesh.tv. I want to thank uh, Teddy Burris for joining us today. Teddy, uh, uh, always good to talk to you. Be safe, be healthy. Thank you, sir. You do the same. We want to thank the Mesh Podcast Network. Uh, a lot of good stuff happening at the Mesh, uh, interesting and fun podcasts. I know they're doing a lot of stuff with John Reap and they've got some other comedians and things they're working with. So uh, check it out at themesh.tv. Best wishes to everyone. We'll look forward to talking with you again uh, next month with another edition of the Entrepreneur Exchange. Take care. Take care. Stay safe and healthy. Thanks, Teddy. Thank you, brother. You've been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.